Bitcoin fixes the money, the Beef Initiative fixes the food and nutrition. Step into some new awareness that incorporates some much needed food intelligence into your life. This is Texas Slim with Texas Slim's vision. Hey guys, Texas Slim here. Today we are with Jason of Rick Ranches out of Colorado. You've uh, heard him and I talk before and we decided to come back. We've been uh, discussing a few topics and some plans ahead. How are you doing today, Jason? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, we got a good dumping of super heavy wet snow. Now the sun's shining. The cows took a little break in calving while the weather was crappy. And now they've started up again. So it's like the good Lord's looking out for me. I mean, things have just been off the hook. It's one of those things where when it, when it rains, it pours. And um, it's just one of those things where, uh, when you put it up to the Lord, he's going to take care of you. And he's been taking care of us. That's just so awesome. I mean, I, you just made me visualize a process of kind of like whenever we left the last discussion and, you know, we knew that calving was coming up and all this and winter was here, you wanted moisture and all that kind of, kind of let's talk about, you know, I, I only know what it's been about five weeks, maybe something like that since we last spoke somewhere. Yeah, probably. And I mean, it could been super exciting because I've been at least two other podcasts since then. Oh, that's um, awesome. That's great. And, it, and it's connections that they've made people listening to you and all of that stuff. And um, so, yeah, like probably over a month ago, we had kind of stalled out with moisture and all of our irrigation and so much of the grass that we grow is dependent on snowfall and um, snow melt filling the reservoirs and then allowing us to store that water and then use it later into the summer to irrigate. And so we were praying for snow, but the weather was perfect for calving. So we calved, you know, 50 calves. There's about nine left to go. And then we had this projection of a huge dump. And the cows are just like, if you ask us nice, we will quit while the weather's bad. And since the weather's good, they've started up again. So hopefully we can push through and get these last few born. And, um, but on, on the, you know, another exciting thing is like with our business, um, since we put ourselves out there as, you know, being huge proponents of Bitcoin and the personalities and the systems that are in place and the kind of people who make that a priority, it's really helped with our business and making those connections with people. And so we've been doing a once a month beef delivery to the front range meeting some fantastic people over there. Um, and then of course, coordinating it with trips that we are already going over there for anyways. And now, I mean, there's, there's essentially a standing waiting list for our grass fed, grass finished, all natural beef. And as we continue to make these connections, there's more and more people who want to come out and see what we do and why we do it that way. And which, which is super exciting for me. Of course, I'm a little self-conscious because we're on a, a cattle ranch. I mean, everything is only in the, in the status of upkeep that makes it functional, not beautification. And so that makes me a little self-conscious and nervous, but on the same token, the kind of people that we're going to have who want to come out and see it are the people who have no idea. There's no preconceived notions of what it's supposed to look like. And they can see how real 
grass-fed, grass-finished beef producers do it. And so I'm super, super excited about that um, to have those kind of folks out. I mean, that's a good point. You know, there's really, it doesn't matter if there's even preconceived notions. I think that, like you said, the type of people that are actually attracted to, you know, getting your product as far as the pure animal protein and grass fed beef, you know, these people are very intentional. They, you know, they don't play the game of, you know, the Hollywood type of, you know, whatever it is, stereotype type of stuff. You know, one thing that I see with the customers that I've been kind of, you know, associating with and talking with, it's just, they want to know the truth. They want to be educated. They want to be, see how they can contribute to the conversation. They want to know what you're doing and how you do it. So they can maybe incorporate it into their life or their dreams. You know, everybody's very interested in getting back and knowing, you know, the source of the seed, the, the, the grass, the, the soil, you know, everything that's involved with, uh, with what you do on a daily basis. How do you feel that it's uh, picked up since we started, you, you and I started discussing, is it helping the rancher? Is it helping you? Are you, are you finding value in our conversations? Absolutely. And I think, you know, I was, I was having a conversation with a couple of my, you know, Twitter friends, our mutual friends on the telephone. And, um, and, and they, they brought up a very interesting point, which I really completely leaned into that the, the personality and the core values of the Bitcoiners so well align with cattle ranchers. It is like it is like truth and honesty and integrity and transparency. And that's that's the thing that just continues to drive me to make those connections and help everywhere that I can from an education standpoint, the transparency standpoint of like what we do and why we do it, because you know, mainstream big ag has, has been hiding so much stuff for so long that you have like this, um, there's almost a fear of that consumers have for big ag because the more that comes out, the more bad stuff there is unhealthy, you know, whether it's for humans, unhealthy for the animals, unhealthy for the land, the soil, plants, insects, all of that stuff, you know, things that they do and they have convinced conventional farmers and ranchers to do because it's more profitable or it's more this or it's more that. Um, and so for me to be able to completely open up my heart and also open up our ranch to those people and tell them, this is what we do and this is why we do it like this. This is how we do it because we care about you. I care about my family's health and therefore we eat our own beef. We raise our own beef and I want the quality that my family has and gets to be the same quality that you and your family and your children get to have. And you have the opportunity to know exactly where it's come from and all the processes that we put in place to make sure it's as wholesome and as nutrient dense as possible, no matter what. And, and it comes down to that transparency and then building that trust. And then once they taste it and they feel how good it makes them feel, like you have like this renaissance inside your body of healthiness, 
then you want to share that with your friends. And then that snowball continues to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the thing for me is I'm limited by my land base and by my priorities. Um, our family, my wife and I, we refuse to ship beef because of the amount of waste that it generates. We, we could blow the doors off of this thing and we could ship beef all over if we wanted to, but we're just not comfortable with the amount of waste that it generates. And, and it's important for me to have that face-to-face, -face, handshake relationship with all of my consumers because I want them to know that I care for them more than that USDA inspector in some big packing plant somewhere or that you know, internationally owned food packing conglomerate, you know, I care more about their health and that's my priority. Um, so don't support the guys who don't want to treat you like that. It's, it's an amazing experience. It's, it's a change in lifestyle for somebody, you know, from the consumer side to kind of go through this process, you know, of really going, okay, taking a step back and saying, okay, that stamp really doesn't mean anything anymore. Uh, for one, uh, I don't know how many chemicals are basically in that beef. You just don't. And let's not even go there. It's just a problem, whatever it is, you know, it's everybody's different perspective, but we know the facts. And by, you know, by just bringing up that nutrient rich beef, you know, or animal protein that you talk about it really does it actually makes you feel better and it's not something it's not a diet thing this is a lifestyle thing this is just how it is and this is how you can feel and it's not overly complicated it's not overly wrought with types of you know counting calories all that kind of stuff it's just about sourcing your animal protein from a rancher um hey tell me a process that you go through as far as whenever you're meeting your customers because you do you 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 deliver Deliver it yourself and you make that, you know, that drive and it's expanding now. Whenever you meet these customers, I mean, you you make you're meeting somebody that you're going to be associating with for a long time. You're developing so many long-term relationships right now and that are powerful and they're based on a lot of truth and a lot of proof of work. I cannot emphasize enough to everybody out there, man, the solutions are right in front of us. And man, I can't imagine how excited you are the day before you don't, you go make these deliveries. Well, and that's just it. You know, one of the, the deliveries that we did just um, this last weekend was to uh, Dr. Sam Shea. And he's got a website, drsamshea.com. He is a, a, he's a chiropractor, but he's studying nutrition. Right. And he's he's studied under that Weston A. Price idea of like clean, wholesome food. And he's he's doing DNA testing to help people find what foods and nutrients they need for them to be healthy. And he's a hardcore carnivore because it's it's the, the proof is in the pudding. Right. We talk about observational science. I am a huge student of observational science. And what you look at is back in the 70s when the shift went to grain is okay and sugar is okay, Weston A. Price was like, actually, no, um, that's incorrect. But of course, he didn't have this huge um, amount of money and lobbying and ad campaigns to support what his work said. But he was saying back then, eat less grains, eat more meat. 
I'm just telling you, don't do sugar. Sugar's bad for you. And so luckily there's some students of his still following. And I didn't realize this, but one of my beef customers had entered me as a producer on the Weston A. Price website, which is then where Dr. Shea found my name completely unbeknownst to me. And he says, I'm cooking that beef right now. He says, I have 150 people that are part of my program that I will endorse you for once I get to, to eat your meat and tell you what, you know, and, and, and give you the feedback on that. And I mean, that just blew my mind. And then I, so then I was like, can I give a shout out for you with Texas Slim? He's like, this sounds like a guy that he would want to talk to you because he would want to be on your, your podcast because you're so aligned in the importance of what pure animal protein does, how it feeds your brain, how it feeds your cell, cells, all of those things. And so then as you build those connections, it's just like it gets you so excited to get home and get to work and do it more and more and more and more. You know, man, that's, and, um, that's a cool, that's a cool experience, man. You talk, we talked a little bit. I know you got to meet him, but we didn't get to go in details about that. I mean, that's just what this does. It builds these relationships and people that are like-minded that really want to be part of something that's bigger than them, you know, and it really goes down to just, you know, families and taking care of everybody and really just, you know, having those close relationships that you just don't see anymore. It just, there's something here. You know, and, well, I, I, go yeah. ahead. and I spent an hour on the phone last night with a brand new quarter customer. He wanted to order a quarter and we talked through the cut sheet and like what he and his wife liked to eat, what she felt comfortable cooking. So we could go through and customize that exactly to meet their needs. Um, and he just kept saying, this is so great. Thank you so much for spending all of this time. I'm like, well, because I'm in, in much of the people business as I am the beef business. So much of what I do is just simply education and making those connections from consumer to producer, you know, and then I can tell them a story about the land and what we're doing and what regenerative agriculture looks like and what grass fed, grass finished beef means for the environment and what our priorities are and i can tell them everything that's not in our meat and everything that they may find in grocery store beef so it's one of those things where it's just you seal the deal and then once they have a freezer full of beef and they have that food security and they have that it, like like you've said before you just go to the door and you open up and you look in there and you just have it's it's like having that firearm in the corner of your room knowing you can protect yourself it's the same thing you know you can feed yourself you can know you can feed your family and, and that once you have that feeling you always want to have it they're like okay well, we're going to make sure we order our next quarter in time enough that we will still have some beef left in the freezer when the next one comes in you know and um and being able to give that to people and from my point of view, being able to provide that at the same time, you know, being able to make enough money to continually improve our place, you know, and that's the thing for me is I'm not in what I'm doing for the money, because if I was, I'd do it a totally different way. I would do it much more conventional because it's inputs are a lot less 
outputs are more regular and steady. Whereas when you're hand finishing grass fed, grass finished, you're looking at those steers and heifers all the time till you get them right to where you want them. And then they go to the butcher. And so you have to schedule that out months and months and months in advance. Whereas if you're feeding feedlot cattle and they're all exactly the same and you're pushing them so hard, their sides are ready to blow out. Then they all go to the butcher at the same time. Um, which is a lot less work on my part and probably a lot more profitable, but I wouldn't be able to do the other work as far as the, the restorative ag, that intensive rotational grazing, all of that interseeding that we're doing to try and grow new, more diverse crops, you know, perennial crops in our pastures, all of that work on the soil, which takes a little bit longer, but the end result, leaving the land better than when you got it, that's the legacy that I want to leave. And that's where our focus is. It's so important to, as far as, you know, the land, you, 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 in the first time that we talked, you, I think you said you started with 400 acres. Was that correct? 260. 260. Our home place is only is 260 acres. Oh young. my gosh. And how much are you doing now? What was it? 4, so 000? we're just under, yeah, just under 4,000 acres. Okay. I've told that story a lot, you know, as far as the best that I can tell it. Um, but you know, as far as you reaching out to landowners, finding your, you know, your surrounding area, really knowing where you live, you know, then going with the open hand and saying, Hey, I want to improve your land. You know, let me, let me tell you, you know, how I can do that in this, you know, the conversations that that, you know, starts with, and it is, it's about you just going out there and being intentional about taking care and saving the land and the soil and you having land tools to do that. You have proof of work, you have proof of concept, you have proof of work, you have it all. And in a lot of people say, well, I can't afford a ranch and I can't be this and I can't be that. That's well, actually, I think times are changing. You know, we, we can discuss these things now and people want to hear them and they want to start pursuing a different maybe um, pattern or a route, or, you know, there's a different roadmap here and people are ready to take that crossroad in a different direction. And, you know, that's something that I've been really signaling out to people as far as everybody reaching out to me. And so that kind of leads into your, the history of what you're doing there and, you know, what, what we're going to do in Colorado as far as a conference and, you know, how we're going to approach that. You want to kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, and that, that's the thing for me is um, so much of it comes down to sweat equity, like whatever it is that you, you prioritize in your life you're going to pour your energy into it. And for me, that was leaving the land better than I found it. And so when I would see a rundown property, I would be like, wow, I wonder if these people even know what they have as far as an asset. And oftentimes people would be like, do whatever you want, as long as we don't have to do anything, you know, which is perfect for me is you spend a few hours fixing fence or maybe even a day, and then you just expand upon that, you know, and then when someone sees you out alongside a county road fixing a fence that's been flat on the ground for 20 years, they want to pull in and see what this crazy son of a gun is doing. They're like, hey, who are you and what are you doing and why are you fixing this fence? And you're like, well, you know, Mrs. Fill in the blank um, said that I could graze this with cows. And they're like, well, there's not hardly any feed there. I'm like, you're right. But when I bring cows in here and they stimulate this soil that has been untouched for 20 years, 
magic is going to happen. We'll get a good rainfall or better yet, I found out that she had irrigation water that the neighbor had been using because no one had been putting it out on her place, you know? And so then they're like, well, would you come look at my place? Would you come look at my place? Um, you know, and, and so then you just kind of get, it gets a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. Then you hear someone, Hey, so-and-so is sick with cancer. They need some help. Would you mind helping them? I'm like, I'm totally sign me up. I'm game for helping. So you help them for two, three, four years. And then you hear this, um, Hey, so so-and-so is like on hospice. They're going to pass away. They don't know what to do with the land. They don't know what to do with the cows. It's like, well, I'm interested in taking care of the land and I'll even take care of the cows. And so then you build upon that with, you know, the property above it or below it or next to it. And it's one of those things that we just got to put yourself out there. And, and then, you know, then you're blessed and you approach everything with a, with a, um, what, how, what, what's the term they use it? You approach it with a, um, a bountiful mindset or like, you know, that like you, you are living in a life of bounty right? and you're sharing that even whether it's just your energy mm-hmm. and then it pours back into your life. Um, and that's the thing, whereas as long as you're approaching it that way, it seems like you're always re- repaid at least double, oftentimes tenfold. And sure, there will be bumps along the road because you'll encounter people who don't have a pure heart. They don't have a pure spirit. They may look like they're, you know, a golden goose. But then, you know, you realize, hopefully before you're too deep, that, oh, my goodness, this person is just taking advantage of my energy and my spirit and my connections. And you just got to be able to let them go. Um, but that happens very rarely to me because people are afraid of my energy and afraid of my enthusiasm because they'll know that in time you will reveal who they are and what they are. (laughs) And because I am, because I'm a talking point for everyone, everyone comes to me with their problems and disagreements and whatever, or even opportunities. They're like, well, we know if we poop on him, a thousand people will hear about it within a week. Yeah, you know, because that's how many interactions that I have, you know? Yeah. And, um, but what's exciting is, is to get people here into the North Fork Valley and see this land of bounty. I mean, sure. We've been in the grips of a terrible drought three of the last four years. And some of this ground is really, really beat up. Um, and of course, like we have a sacrificial pasture, which is about 60 acres here on our place, which is where the cows are when we calve and where I feed. And it is really, truly beat up, but it's way cleaner for them to have that 60 or 80 acres and be able to spread out when they calve versus having them all on top of each other in a feedlot situation. Um, so we know that this 60 or 80 acres right by the house is, is going to look bad until we get a really good irrigation water year right. where we could irrigate it really good. And then all that hay and all the nutrients that we fed out on it can get put back into the soil, you know, and come up in, um, in new hay growth or new grass growth. But here in the North Fork, I mean, we have organic orchards, we have vineyards, we have the Black Canyon, which is literally 
20 minutes out of our backyard from here at the ranch with hiking trails, beautiful geologic formations, you know, um, fishing in the bottom. There's Crawford Reservoir that's just east of us with boating and docks and camping and all of that stuff. Then you have Paonia with its organic orchards and vineyards and um, wine tours and stuff that they do there. Paonia Reservoir, another fishing and boating camping place. It's just, I mean, you're, we have the desert to the west and we have the mountains to the east and it is fortunately or unfortunately most people that come here want to stay here if they can afford to do it. <laughs> you're right. I mean, I've, I've been through there. My father used to live in uh he lived in Glenwood. He had a place in Moab at one time. He was out on the Mesa up there in Grand Junction. So I always, I mean, coming from Texas, you know, that's the way you go, you know, the Aspen way, you can go up through Glenwood Springs. It's a different way to get there, but you do, you get in there, you stay a week, you don't want to leave. I mean, you get really into a different, you know, world. It's just, it is. And there's a lot of things to do there. It's, you know, it's a blast to hang out with and it's just beautiful. I mean, from the fly fishing to the camping to anything you want to do, you can find it. The art there, there's a there's an art museum there. There's there's a lot of cool things that people don't realize. So, you know, you and I were discussing that and it's like, hey, this is not a true destination spot, but I think we can make it one. I think people would definitely come out and, you know, come come see the ranch, you know, make it kind of hard. Let's let's get back to the soil. That's what we're, we're all talking about here. Right. So, yeah, have absolutely. It, have it in the summer and just, you know, throw it out there and say, hey, let's let's all meet at, you know, rich ranches in Crawford, Colorado. And uh, I think that we're going to go ahead and do it. And what did we decide? The third weekend of July, correct? Yeah, 22nd, 23rd, somewhere in there. Right in there. Yeah. And so what I've, you know, we're going to have a couple of conferences this year across the United States. The first one's going to be in Kerrville. And uh, what we're going to do with every one of them is going to be completely different. And you and I have been talking about and let's let's kind of talk about what we would like to discuss just to throw it out there, because I want this to be a continual conversation all the way up to the conference. So everybody that comes is, man, we're ready to really talk and have some good educational conversations. Yeah. And so like from my my point of view and like spending a day in the life of Jason Rick on Rick Ranches, because we'll have we'll have heifers and steers in an intensive rotational grazing um, situation on one of the ranches that I lease. Um, We will have cows out on continuous graze on huge pastures in the mountains. We have um, some, some good friends of mine who are also Rocky Mountain Farmers Union board members that are organic orchards and they do some of their own cider um i have friends that have um cut flower garden operations they have we have i have friends that have truck gardens that raise vegetables that they truck all over the western united states and also have csas i i think it's going to be like a, a, an immersion in agriculture um with kind of the hub probably our place here in crawford with you know um tours 
to see more of those things, you know, maybe some self-guided stuff, or maybe they'll be open for specific hours. I mean, really it comes down to what our attendance is going to look like, but on the same token, it's like, I'm looking for people who are, have a little grit because if you're going to come out here and camp in July in a tent or a camper or whatever, then we're not talking the Ritz Carlton, right? We're talking <laughs> ranch um, yeah. parking lot or, or, and there's, you know, small motels, lots of Airbnbs and stuff close, close by. Um, so I guess people can be as comfortable as they want or not. But if you look at kind of the revolution that we are in with our food and our health, it's going to take a bunch of dang work for many people to pry themselves out of the Wheaties box and out of the ramen noodle package and get them back on the path that our grandparents and our great-grandparents and our great-great-grandparents forged for us in what their subsistence living was and the strengths that they had and the health that they had and their direct tie to the soil. People have gotten so far away from that, that, you know, grounding, like getting your hands and your feet in the dirt is actually a thing. It is a spiritual connection. It is a health connection that people have to get back to doing. And I do it every single day in hopes that what I can do can help other people do that as well. And, and you do it so well and you do it with your, with such humility and, you know, and fierce um, honesty, you know, it, you're not, you're not playing a game here. This is your lifestyle. This is very intentional. It comes from a very good place. Um, you know, even anytime that you and I have a conversation, you can always tell that, you know, where you came from, you're a coal miner and everything, the, the, the courage that you had to have your first generational, you know, farmer rancher, um, and, and you're having success and that builds a lot of confidence in a lot of people's spirit. And the, that's why I'm so excited that, you know, throughout this year, you and I are going to have so much contact and we are working pretty close. You know, it'll be a day or two that we don't, you know, talk to each other. It might be a week sometimes, but we're, we're always pinging back and forth saying, Hey, how, how's it going? You know, let's, what's the conversation here? You know, I, you know before I, I just got back from Dallas and I had a bunch of meetings, we were meeting with a lot of people in the processing industry and those all, you know, those meetings went really well. In our last phone call, you you talked about something. You said we need to do a vertical integration, and it starts with the soil, and then to the grass, and then to the cow, and then to the producer, and then to the processor, supplier, then market access, then into human health, and then here we go. We have a health initiative. And that 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 was something that was very cool that you said, and I used it about 20 times this past weekend, and it was because of you and I having this connection and we're talking and we're like minded and we're trying to do better for people. Well, and that's what I have found is was one of the biggest stumbling blocks for me to expand, mm -hmm. which was probably good in the long run. It was super frustrating in the front end is I started this thing and we started real small. And the next thing you know, the demand just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. Well, the hurdle was processing. 
getting into a dead gum processor because they were booked out so far. And then COVID hit. And we have people trucking feedlot cattle from the Midwest to Western Colorado to get kill dates because it was either that or euthanize them and haul them to the dump in the Midwest. You know, and so, of course, that just plugged me up big time. Right. It's like so it's like, well, what do I do? Well, this young man's like, hey, I'm thinking about reopening this processing facility. We have a mobile kill truck and we're going to use this old meat processing place in Paonia. Um, What do you think? And I was like, let's go. Have you ever butchered a beef before? He's like, well, no. I've done wild game for the last three years. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So, okay, what, what, what do you, you know? And so I essentially, you know, gathered him up and, and, and we worked together and the first couple were a little rough cause he wasn't confident in the cuts. And of course it's so much bigger than an elk, you know, a, a steer is so much bigger than an elk. And so we worked through that. Um, one of the benefits of using that mobile butcher is I can compost all that off all here. So all of that stuff that would otherwise go to the dumpster, I can, I can compost it here. I mix it in with bedding and manure, you know, and uh, heck, within six or eight weeks, it's ready to be spread out on the fields. And so none of those nutrients have to leave. Um, well, now he's got it dialed. And I have customers saying, hey, can you do some cut some Denver steaks or, Hey, let's look at a Chuck eye steak or, Hey, you know, and I'm like, Hey, let's watch some YouTube videos together. I'll get in the cut room with you and let's figure it out, you know, and, and voila, it's like magic happens. Right. So now we're figuring out more marketable cuts, you know, fancy boutique cuts. Some of them are really old, old school forties and fifties cuts like that ribeye or I mean, Chuck eye steak. I mean, it's just got the round bone in the center of it. You know, it's the cartoon steak, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's been good for him. It's been good for me. And um, he's actually now buying that building that he had just been leasing because his business has grown enough through word of mouth advertising and me, you know, plug, get putting plugs in for him. And that's the great thing about a mobile butcher is let's mm-hmm. say you have a cow that breaks a leg or a bull that breaks a leg or, or a cow that's calving and gets down and can't get back up. He can go out, dispatch it, break it down, put it in the truck, take it back to his cooler. Whereas previously, all of those producers would have just shot it and drug it in the trees. So now we're not wasting all of that pure animal protein. It's going to get used somewhere, somehow. And um, I was having that conversation with the brand inspector day. He came to brand inspection on five more beeves that are going to the butcher. He's like, yeah, I went out to do a brand inspection. And this rancher was like, hey, I got a bull that just broke his leg. It looks like I'm just going to have to go shoot. He's like, oh, no, call this number. And he'll come out and, and butcher it, you know. And so that producer called the brand inspector back and says, do you want half of this ground beef? You know, just as a thank you for giving him another avenue to utilize that, that meat, you know, and it's like, it's a win, win, win. 
Yeah, I mean, and it just keeps on evolving into a good direction. You know, you you have market access now. You have processing now. You're you're pretty confident. He's growing. You're growing. You're doing it together. It just started because where did you start? You started in the soil, and then here we go. You know, it, it, that's how this works. That's that vertical integration that you talk about. And I want everybody to write that down again. It's vertical integration into the soil, into the grass, into the cow, into the producer, into the processor, supplier, market access, into human health, into a health initiative. If we can all start looking at that integration, and this is how we have to look about our food supply as individuals and as you as producer, supplier, and, you know, and team with processor, a good, a good part partnership with the processor you know if everybody starts kind of putting their compass in that direction saying hey this is how i'm going to source my food from here on out these are the questions i'm going to ask my rancher and i'm going to be very confident that i have a very good supply chain line that i've developed myself in partnership with my new friends my rancher and it's it's not that difficult it takes a little work a little intentional work you know and, and i'm really happy that we're starting to bridge these gaps between the rancher and let's say right now bitcoiners or just really the general public and, and it is going to be a conversation that we get to talk about and we get to bring people to colorado and you know people get to come out there and make make it your vacation this year you know we don't we don't know anything we're just getting this going this conversation going and everybody's going to participate you know on twitter and these additional podcasts that we're going to do um let's talk about we know the education level as far as what you carry let's talk about the networking that you do as far as let's say the the government that you have to work in the the people that you reach out to the lunches that you might have how are you handling that side of things because you have to stay in tune with it you have to have some organizational you know proudness to you as far as who who's communicating to who really well, that's, that's totally accurate. And so, you know, being in an agricultural community, we have a lot of producers who sit on boards of directors of many of our organizations. And so we are constantly in that um, interdiscipline conversation because like for me, as a grass-fed, grass-finished, you know, direct-to-consumer beef, producer, I am not in the same um, skill set as the cow-calf operation, operation, whereas that person may only raise those calves until, you know, there's 550, 600 pounds of weight, and then they go directly to, you know, they sell on Superior or something like that, auctions. And so I do that as well because we're a conception to plate operation, right? We, we don't buy outside beef because I don't know every single thing about them. That's one of the pillars of our business is I know every single day in the life of that animal from the day that it's conceived all the way till it hits your plate. I know where it's been the whole time. Whereas a lot of people don't, they just buy calves and finish them however they finish them. So they don't know what the background is. But that cow-calf guy doesn't understand 
the months that it takes to finish an animal and what your exposure is and what the liabilities are from that weaning all the way through to finishing. So we're, we're educating each other on all of that stuff. Another board of director, director may be um, uh, organic orchard guy, right? And so they, they, they take care in the spring and make sure they have good bloom. They irrigate and they, you know, spray and take care of that fruit. Then they do a harvest and then their work is done until the snow flies, then they trim trees. And so we're looking at all of this seasonality and this communication back and forth between all of those different ag sectors. Because when something hits, a, let's say a ballot initiative hits, like here last year, two years ago, we had a ballot initiative in the state of Colorado that was going to make many of our vet practices illegal. You couldn't artificially inseminate, you couldn't preg check. All livestock had to live a minimum of 25% of its natural life before you could butcher it. So cows live, let's say they can live 20 years, you couldn't butcher a beef until it was five years of age, you know, and hogs and goats and chickens and all of these things. Um, so it essentially would completely wipe out all animal agriculture in the state of Colorado. Well, it was actually approved by the ballot initiative group. And of course, all of us, the Colorado Cattlemen's and every other ag group jumped together, pushed it to the Colorado Supreme Court. And of course, they voted unanimously seven to zero that it was unconstitutional and could not go on the ballot as a ballot initiative. But it's one of those things is if you don't have a seat at the table, if you're not there and you're not active, when something like that happens, you can't sit back and bellyache about it because you weren't there. You didn't make a seat at the table for yourself. And so that's the thing for me is last week we had a, um, it was a water irrigation infrastructure get together. And um, it was like a half day thing. They provided lunch and a couple of the, con the conservation district and Colorado water users, Colorado Rural Water, Rocky Mountain Farmers Union, you know, multiple state uh, entities were together. And I was listening to some of the kind of negative, almost like belly aching going on by a couple of the um, ditch members of, of one of these ditches saying about, we have all of these new people and they have no idea about ag and you can't do anything with them and you can't work with them and they're just a big pain and on and on and on. And I let them rant and rant and rant and rant and rant. And when they got done, one, you know, one of the guys asked, is there any comments on that? And so I stood up and I introduced myself and I said, I'm on the board of directors for the Fruitland Irrigation Water Company, the Fruitland Domestic Water Company, the Cathedral Peak Domestic Water Company. And what I've found in my experiences is when I have a new neighbor who is part of my community, what I like to do is I like to go up to them. I like to introduce myself. I like to explain the way that the system works and ask them if they have any questions. And I could walk them up to their head gate and show them how it works and why it's important to invest in infrastructure and how it benefits them and how we can work together and all of that stuff. And um, 
it was practically a standing ovation by the time I got done because I was approaching it with love and empathy and trying to get along for a common good. Whereas these people are just so deeply entrenched in the negativity, you know, um, that they're just shaking their heads the whole time, kind of grunting under their breath, you know, while I'm talking because they're like, well, that will never work. You're right. If you don't try it, it will never work. I promise you, if you don't try it, it will never work. And so, and then of course I, I had six or eight people come and introduce themselves to me. We've heard about you or, you know, and on and on and on, and you're doing great things and let us know if we can do anything for you, you know, but you got to put yourself out there. You know, if you sit in the back and be quiet, you know, then nothing is ever going to get better. You're right. I think you and I are going to have a fun time all across this nation. <laughs> we're we're going to, we we haven't even got started yet. That's what's so fun about this because you're right. I've been kind of, you know, I always like to take the pulse, you know, and, and put and take the temperature of what I'm going into. You know, I, I had, I've only been doing this for six months now and you know, where we are, where we are, it's, it's, it's going well and all that. But the thing that I have noticed is that how we are going to move forward with this is exactly like you said, coming with some truth, with some empathy, with some love and with some, you know, confidence, basically, you know, what a, a lot of people don't understand, like where I come from, you know, you, a lot of people say that your kindness is your weakness. You better watch out. It's not. It it, it truly is just kindness. It, it, it comes with a lot of respect and it comes with a lot of a sense of character that is positive and not negative. You know, I, I'm starting to identify people's intentions just by being able to do exactly what you said. Stand up in a room and just speak the truth and say, this is where we are. This is not an attack. The only way we're going to get any proof of work and anything that we're trying to change is get here and start communicating and where are we starting well we're starting with basically hmm, a little heritage a little tradition what got us here and it's not that complicated and if everybody just started kind of you know, uh, attacking life with that type of protocol. I think that we're going to, we're going to be all right. And I'll stand in any room and I'll have conversation with anybody and you know, it, cause it is, it's fun. I mean, how'd you feel after you got, got done meeting all those people that day? Well, and that's just it. You know, I knew some of those people from in passing, you know, mm -hmm. be, being in this small community, but some of them, I mean, like one of them was a county commissioner, right? And, and it's one of those things where one of them is the president of another ditch company. And one of them was one of my neighbors that I knew him by name, but not by face of one of the properties that I lease. You know, he's an organic um, orchard guy. And it's one of those things where those connections may mean nothing other than when someone sees me and they see my brand and they see my face, they're like, we can trust this guy because he's a no BS guy and he speaks the truth no matter who it pisses off because the truth is the truth. You can't argue with the truth. You know, it might hurt someone's feelings or they may not agree with you, but my truth is my truth. And as long as everything that I approach is from that point of view, I haven't been led astray yet. Um, and I say yet, because who knows there, things happen no matter what, but, you know, when you were talking about like approaching things with, with empathy and truth and all of that stuff, my wife and I were talking about our children, 
and and like what being raised on a ranch does for you as far as instantaneous trouble solving you know my daughter is off in college she's a junior and um she was relaying this story about like one of her friends was having a problem and she's freaking out and didn't know what to do. And Lexi was like, in my mind, then that's my daughter's name is Lexi is she's like, in my mind, I was automatically troubleshooting. Okay. Well, we will do, need to do this. And we need to do that. And we need to do this. And I'm already formulating a plan because here we're moving cows. Okay. We're on a cattle drive out to go West on the Mesa and somebody blows through the fence and half of the cows follow them. You don't throw yourself down on the ground and throw a tantrum and scream. And you know <laughs> what I mean? You're like, you're making a plan. How are we going to get them back? What are we going to get them back? What can we do? You know, can we run that front half the rest of the way and come back and get the other half? You're automatically troubleshooting no matter what it is. You know, and so then that, that was the thing of like, so we went to Denver for a beef delivery. We celebrated my daughter's 21st birthday. We went and watched Hamilton at the Buell Theater, the musical, which is phenomenal. I recommend anybody see it because it gives you some pretty cool history that most people don't know about. But it also got me pumped up for like the American Revolution and the Beef Initiative Revolution and what's happening and what we're doing. It's like, this is exactly what I needed right now, you know, because this is what we're doing. We're educating people. We're out doing, you know, you know, Hamilton's, you know, why are you writing like you're running out of time, writing like you're running out of time? We're podcasting and we're talking and we're meeting people like we're running out of time so we can get it out to as many people as we possibly can to save their health and their children's health and their grandchildren's health. Because that's what it's really all about. Right. And um, we pull in the driveway and somebody has closed the gate to the county road which means we have cows out somewhere and they did us a favor to keep them from running down the county road. So we're driving down the driveway and there's cow and calf tracks all over the driveway. We come in and I shine my flashlight out through the yard and there's cows in the barn. They have knocked stuff over and destroyed everything, you know? And so it's the other thing too, is I didn't throw myself down and, and have a tantrum I mourned a little bit and maybe I had a tantrum in my mind as I was walking in so I could change out of my theater clothes and get a headlamp and a chore coat and gather the dogs up so we could go back out and put the cows back in. But it's just, it is what it is. You know, having a negative physical response to it isn't going to make it any better. The work has to be done. You can't just leave the cows out for the next shift you got to get out and take care of it. So it's just, it is what it is. And, and that's one thing about growing up on a cow ranch or a farm, whatever, you, you implicitly learn all of these tools that you didn't even realize that you were learning because it's just part of your everyday life. And you don't, you, you don't think anything about it. Uh, you made me, you reminded me of a phrase I came up with. I, I can't remember when I did it. It's like, if, if you, um, you better start engineering your own suffering, because if you don't, you'll be basically, uh, your suffering is going to be engineered by somebody else you don't want to be answering to. 
So being that form of intentional living, it's like, it doesn't even phase you. Okay. We're, we're going to deal with this. You, you don't have a choice. It's just a little lifestyle. It, it, it's, it's, it's a form of emotional maturity that you get for years and years of basically kind of low time preference, skill set, learning, you know, and that's, that's how you've basically been able to get there. Um, you know, going back to, you know, being pumped about the, the beef initiative and people will keep on asking me and they said, well, what is the beef initiative? And I said, well, I guess it's right now we're, we're creating a lot of awareness. That is exactly what we're trying to do. And, you know, this whole year is going to be about awareness and education, you know, and they said, well, are you a media company? I said, sure, let's, let's be a media company. <laughs> are you a, are you a distribution company? Well, not really, but what we're doing is bridging gaps into uh, market access for people that people can purchase with Bitcoin or fiat. It's up to them. You know, we're going to have more and more guys come in to, you know, as far as producers, as, as this message grows, but it has to be the right fit. You know, like you, you, you like to deliver to your customers and that is your business model. That is your individual skill set, your, your whole setup. And there's going to be other people that don't mind, you know, doing something different, but we're all doing the same thing. We're educating this year. We're letting everybody know there's different options and it's, in a, it's in a really cool decentralized way. That's man, this is fun <laughs> meeting everybody. I'm not coming across anybody that I do not like, or that I, you know, I'm thinking Christmas is going to be different this year. You know, that's what I'm shooting for the communications and the well wishes, you know, and that's what I'm striving for. You know, my whole family dynamic is changing. There's so many good things that are happening. You know what? It's starting with the source of the seed of where we get our pure animal protein. And, you know, that's what we're doing here. And it doesn't have to be defined. Let's just keep on doing it. Right. Well, absolutely. And that's the thing for me. You know, when people ask me, well, what what are you doing in the beef initiative? Is it, is it, you know, and then it comes with a snarky comment. Is it only a grass fed grass finish? They know that's me, right? I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. There is room for everyone, right? There is room for everyone. It's just one of those things that I am a member of it. And this is what I do. But if you go click on the link and look at the website, you can see what it's all about. And you can click on the bios of the producers that are on there and you can look at all of their social media and you can see what they're doing. And then you, as an informed consumer, can decide who you support. And that's the thing for me is, you know, being from a conventional cattle area, right, where I am, there are two other really good grass-fed, grass-finished producers here, and they're all really good friends of mine. Um, One of them buys all of his calves and then finishes them on grass, which is way more profitable than what I'm doing, but you don't know where those calves come from. He's finished some of mine that I had him so hopped up on antibiotics and anti-inflammatories just in hopes that they would live through the sale barn experience so I could get some return out of them. And he bought them and finished them and fed them as grass-fed, grass-finished beef. And of course I knew they didn't fit my program because if they ever get a shot, Mm -hmm. they're gone. They're going in the conventional system. The other grass-fed, grass-finished producer, um, she's been wildly successful, fantastic job, great people, really good friends of mine. Um, But they are 
conception to plate, you know, just like I am, but they're actually looking at shrinking so they can travel more and do, do other stuff versus just being tied to the cattle. Sure. You have to love it because you're married to them. Yes. Um, but so many of my conventional guys are like, um, I would never eat grass fed beef because it's so gamey and it's so tough and it's so this and it's so that. And so I'm like, here's a package of ribeyes, cook these babies, however the heck you would cook your conventional and then get back to me. And they're like, damn, that was green. That was grain finished. There's no way that was grass. Finished. I'm like, <laughs> no. So I keep, I'm telling them the consumer decides who to support with their dollar. That's how free markets work. I don't want to be manipulated by the big four. I don't want to be manipulated by the seed companies. I don't want to be manipulated by the fertilizer companies. I want to be completely independent of all of that stuff. And I want my consumers to decide whether I stay in business or not. And if they will continue to support me, I will continue to provide them with that quality of meat that they can expect over and over and over again. So instead of me growing to make more free cash flow, which just means I'm going to have to pay more taxes, I'm pouring all of that back into infrastructure. So this year we're working on interior stock water infrastructure to do better distributed grazing of this land. We're going to be working on next year, focusing on interior um, permanent fencing, which then we can subdivide with polywire to increase utilization and, and stocking rates and, and utilization um, and just health of the land, soil, all of that stuff. Um, and then hopefully the next year, we're going to be focusing on replacing our completely worn out side roll sprinklers with center pivot irrigation. And so those are our goals of as we continue to grow and improve, we're going to continue to improve the land because like I keep saying, that is the legacy that you leave behind is leaving the soil, the land in better shape than when you got it. Because across so many places in this country, they've been mining topsoil, you know, since the, the uh, you know, mechanical revolution when sure. went from horses to, you know, to powered tillage. Um, I wish we had that much topsoil here. I mean, there's places here where I have four inches of topsoil over massive sandstone shelf. And wow. so if you're not very conscious of what you're doing um, and what I've done to build soil there is I will feed on top of that massive sandstone shelf and then all that wasted hay or, or corn stalk bedding then just increases the, the, the density of the soil um, then you can actually grow something on it versus it just being baked dry dirt, mm -hmm. you know, right. oftentimes. So it's one of those things where you, but you have to be out in the field. You can't look out of the tractor cab out at what's happening. You got to be out there, you know, walking the soil and seeing, okay, we need to do this. And you're out there with your notebook saying, we need to do this different. We need to do that different, whatever. And then you set yourself goals up and then you work through those things as, as time and finances. And of course, for us, irrigation water allow. Sure. 
it, you bring up the, you know, the mechanical, it just, it reminds me, I've watched this documentary many times. It's uh, Ken Burns and it's the documentary on uh, the Dust Bowl years. And it talked about the, uh, the over, you know, agricultural movement that happened in the Great Plains and the grasslands and everything. And, you know, they, they couldn't figure out, well, what's wrong here? You know, it's, well, you just destroyed all the soil, you know, and you did it very rapidly. And it'd been like, you know, just major phenomenal grasslands for thousands of years and they they had the quote of a of a, a he was a native american and they you know where he was advising them really because he was talking about soil and they, they asked him what is wrong and he said upside down and you know if you if people will just think about what i just said he, what he was doing he, he was looking at how we grew and how we used the soil in the past you'd have grass and then underneath those roots would just be you know several feet deep perhaps you know you can get all kinds of different types of pictures well whenever we went into the the major agricultural you know as far as it being industrialized and everything at the turn of the century which led up to the the dust bowl you know the the corn stalk or whatever it was was you know all above ground but that root system was not even you know it was very few inches, whatever it was. And a lot of people don't, they, they don't understand that this is how important this is as far as, you know, you being on top of that sand and, you know, you have to be very aware of that. You, but, but the thing about it is, man, you're engineering a better planet. You're engineering a better region for, you know, everybody to live and love and leave behind. And this is what all this is about. I mean, just this, this is fun education. This is something you can really wrap your mind around and know that it's, Hey, it's going to lead to my pure nutrition for my child. And you, you people, there's a lot of confusion out there. None of this, what you and I are talking about is confusing. It's proof of work. It's hard. You know, it's a, it's a, it's an active lifestyle. There's so many things that, that are so rewarding that maybe people have kind of lost a step in doing, uh, you know, or the mental makeup and saying, Hey, yeah, maybe I should, you know, go over here a little bit and, you know, look in this direction. Um, by saying all of this, how are we going to continue? Who are you talking about on your side? I know who I'm talking about. I mean, there's a lot of Bitcoiners that are extremely interested. You know, they're, they're they love the, the postings that you do, you know, they, they're totally, you know, aware and they they want more information. And so by asking that question, what are we going to do? Well, the, the beef initiative platform is for, ranchers it's for animal protein producers you can go in there and as you have done you can put your name in there everything about your business and you can do it on your own you don't have to have permission it's there on the producers page the more that we get more ranchers in that producers page more bitcoiners are going to start reaching out we need to start doing this across the nation so you know producers and ranchers and grass farmers don't be afraid there's no competition here this is about sharing information information. This is about saying, hey, this is my protocol, how I raise this animal protein. This is how I produce. This is how I build the soil back. There's so many conversations to be had across this nation that we need to start having it. And, you know, the, the, the initiative platform is that it's the discussion point. Once we have that, it's, you know, we have another section. It's mine your protein. How do you mine your protein? And you can submit anything you want as far as anything. And 
and we'll approve it. And then ever the whole world gets to see it. If you want to get some, you know, acknowledgement for it, you can, if you don't want to, you don't have to. So the conversation is in the beef initiative and everybody keeps on saying, whoa, 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 how are you going to pay for this? Well, that's not nobody's business really. I've been doing this on my own. So we'll just say that. And I'm going to keep on and we'll, it'll grow where it grows, but that's not the point right now. The point is awareness this year in the year 2022, we're having a beef revolution we're having a food intelligence revolution and we want to lead that and i mean you are definitely stepping up to do that well and it's one of those things where um if you're passionate about a passionate about what you do the the bounty flows through you and it's one of those things where just about the time i'm thinking i'm having a hard time and maybe something didn't go right i am just I dig down and I just, I just portray out that just how lucky I am to be able to do what I do and surround myself with the people that I do. And immediately it flows back into me. And it's one of those things where, you know, I'm recording another podcast with some some fantastic guys tomorrow with, um, you know, and that's the thing for me is like, I get their real names and then you have their Twitter handles and then you're communicating (laughs) through three or four different medias and you're trying to keep them all straight. It's one of those things like, you know, meetups for beef and I've been, you know, messaging them back and forth through whatever. And then you show up and they introduce themselves by the real name. And you're like, so who are you? And so that, that's the thing is, you know, these young men, and you know who they are, are hardcore into education. We're going to try and focus on getting that pure animal protein education into the inner city, into yes. the underserved, and into, the, into those, those markets where through the government programs, we continue to force crap food on them. And, and then dumb them down because we're pushing this food pyramid down on them, which is a complete false narrative. And then we're making them sick and we're killing them, right? They're all, I mean, so many people are diabetic or pre-diabetic, morbidly obese, on and on and on and on and on um, because we've kept them there. And so if you could just change, light a fire in one of them, communicate that to them, help them get that pure animal protein, help them get that good, clean beef um, and feel the the health benefits and how their life turns around. And then, then talk to their friends and their neighbors and then just light that fire. And then the next thing you know, you have the whole population looking at everything about themselves and their situations differently you know because the reality is if you're you know 200 pounds overweight and you go into a job interview what kind of picture does that portray is that you know what i mean whereas if you're closer to your ideal weight because you're eating pure animal protein and your brain is sharp because it's animal protein and animal fats that feed your brain you're in a whole different place. You know what I mean? And your the doors and opportunities that open for you because number one, you're reached out to and educated about this. 
you had a place to be able to go and buy it, consume it, learn how to cook it, and then see that complete change in your body and your personality and then in your life. And then your neighbor looks at you and is like, wow, how did you do that? And you're like, I quit eating crap and I started eating animal protein. Wow, well, how can you afford to do it? I was like, well, I got off all of my meds and all of that crap that I was taking and I feel better and I eat so much less and my system works better. Um, wow, how can we do that? Well, look at the beef initiative. They'll send it right to your door or whatever it happens to be, you know, know your farmer. And then it's just, and it just, this snowball continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It is going to, and we have to, we have to slow step into this. Everybody, you know, we're all used to Amazon. <laughs> we're all used to having it pretty quick. This is a process as far as the beef initiative, as far as your ranch, you know, it, how you got to where you are. That was a slow, low time preference type of process. And, but what we're doing as we're going, as we're innovating, you and I are innovating together. And that's what I want people to understand. This is not me doing something and you doing something we're doing this together and that's what the ranchers out there need to understand that's what the bitcoiners need to understand that's what the general public needs to understand this is we're not leading this charge with corporate money with corporate intentions this is to change and to save children's lives and to save your lives to get people out of a food ditch that uh i i, I love that yeah, dr uh mary that she's going to be in uh be involved with you know kind of some of the medical education and everything as far as within the beef initiative she's she what she does she pulls people out of the food ditch and it, just to get started and once you get started you're down that path to doing exactly what you just said and it becomes a superpower especially these days and times that we're living in you know if you are clear of mind and clear of spirit and clear of health because you're very intentional you have good relationships you don't have to put up with much of the crap that's going on in this world I don't pay attention to it anymore. I really don't. I am not afraid. What I'm what I'm looking at is my family, my heritage, and everything, and how I know how to take care of it. And it leads me to people like you, and it's you know other ranchers. Even right now, you're meeting new people that you wouldn't have met. You know, one thing that I did before I went to Dallas is I went to a, it was called the Yano Estacado Food Summit. It was in Spearman, Texas. And what it is, it was a bunch of animal, uh, it was all everybody that's in local community building and it's based around food, you know, from produce to people like you that do have beehives that uh, do ranch and do grass farm and everything. You see that quite often. So there's a big collection of people that got together in, in at the, at the conference at the summit and it, from mobile processing guys out of Colorado that build your processing, mobile processing to people having luck, uh, a young couple out of Kansas, uh, it was called me, meat they they have their own processing center they do um the wild game as well they're having success this stuff this is happening across this nation people just don't understand that it is and the thing about it it, it needs to get more and more and build more momentum moving forward this is what you and i are doing we're, and we're going to do this whole year with the conferences, with, the, you know, with the speaking engagements. I think I'm going to be in um, Miami, maybe at a, at a, I'll know next week or something, but there's going to be some stuff that's going on. I mean, 
you're going to be speaking, you're going to come to Kerrville and you're going to speak and lead into the Colorado conference. And we're going to build this, you know, library of content as much as we can uh, within the beef initiative. And we're really going to start connecting the dots. So this is. And that's the thing that's, that's interesting for me is how many people that I um, meet or approach me and they are like, well, we didn't even know that you could do this. Exactly. And so that's how far from the farm so many Americans are. You know, me, of course, living in rural Colorado, my whole life, you know, someone has a beef or whatever, you know what I mean? Or they have a, a first calf heifer that comes open or whatever to butcher. You knew it was an option, right? For us, we ate a lot of wild game growing up. That was our primary protein mm -hmm. source was eating a lot of wild game. But the beef initiative gives us a platform to direct that traffic to um, so people can get that education and reach out to whoever their nearest farmer or rancher is because it comes down to education, you know, and if you don't know, you don't know. And so that's why I talk to anyone and everyone that I can. I mean, I was in the coffee shop last week and I was only supposed to stop in for a cup of coffee. And this guy flags me over and he says, Hey, I've seen your brand and your truck around. Are you one of those grass fed beef guys? And I was like, Oh boy, do I have an hour to talk with this guy about what we do and why we do it? I'm like, yeah, I am. And he says, would you mind explaining that to me? And so I explained the whole thing, like start to finish what we do, why we do it, how we do it, how he can buy it from us on and on and on and on and on. And um, it probably won't lead to anything, but it's another person out there with that idea in their mind that's traveling through the universe that if someone says, hey, have you ever heard of somebody that has beef for sale, bingo, there it is. You know yeah. what I mean? And so if you don't take the time to do that, you'll never have those opportunities. And of course, I am so passionate almost to a fault about what we do and why we do it, that I will make time for anyone if they want to hear about what we do. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely, this is, this is a battle. This is something this we're, <laughs> this is something that's not a, uh, it's not an option anymore. It's, it's pretty mandatory in your life. And people are going to figure that out as we move forward into 2022, 2023, 2024. There's so many things that are going to come to play that will make people question things. And you, you brought up a, something that is like, Hey, that one person is going to, you know, create that little network there. What we, what I was thinking the other day is what we're going to do within the beef initiative. We're going to make, we're going to attempt, we're going to uh, make an attempt to basically create six degrees of separation to each and one of us that are listening to this podcast. And if we do that across, you know, the platforms that we're on and everybody does that, we're going to say, oh yeah, okay. That's a pretty good network that is going on and say, Hey man, where do you get your beef? I know somebody. And where do you go? Well, go to the beef initiative. Let's try or just have it through conversation. I found them through the beef initiative. This is how things work. This is how we do it in a very, you know, decentralized as much as we can, but very intentional, you know, with, a, with no division of interpersonal communication. We don't have anything to hide here. 
you know, and that's what I want that all the, the ranchers and animal protein producers, you come with your protocol, talk about it, talk about your education, talk about what your grandfather taught you that you use. Now we need this information. This is vital. We can't allow this to go away because we're afraid that somebody's going to judge us anymore. There's a lot of people that are trying to get into, you know, the protocol of going into grass fed and, you know, it, it takes time. But, you know, let's all work together to get there as far as, you know, making that shift to get out from underneath the umbrella that they are of control. We know not everybody's guilty and everybody's kind of ignorant and innocent at all at the same time here. And there is no judgment. Let's just let's continue the conversation. Let's not be overly critical of anybody, but all know that we're just trying to make it better for basically, you know, families and children and, and mothers and fathers. Yeah, and that's totally accurate. You know, that's the thing that's been a complaint of a lot of conventional cattlemen for a long time is um, they can't get the value back for the work that they put in. But by direct marketing beef, you can do that. You absolutely can keep more of that income inside your farm gate versus letting it go to the feedlots and the packers. Um, Sure, maybe people aren't set up for that, But what I found and what I've been communicating is instead of keeping all of your permit numbers in replacement heifers, keep 10 steers and run them on your permit to fill your replacement numbers because then they can go up there on that cheap grass. And then when they come back, they'll be really close to be able or ready to be finished. You know, and so if you think about it like that, okay, so I need 10% of my herd and replace my heifers, which means X numbers. Well, why don't you keep 10 or 15 steers as well? And then they'll come back down as grass fats, let's say 1,000 pound or 1,200 pound, whatever grass fats that you can then choose to grain finish them out for 60 or 90 days. Or if you want to just continue feeding them hay and do grass fed then you you're in that market and you can retain more of that of your money versus sending those calves to the feedlot and let someone else make all the money. Then of course the store of values becomes the grain and the fertilizer and the combine versus the actual animal protein, you know, and that's the thing is everyone is just like stuck in this rut of, well, we've been doing it like this forever and ever and ever and ever. And then they look at me and they're like, well, you're just a dumb kid and you don't know what you're doing anyways, you know? And I'm like, well, okay, that may be, but you're selling a calf for $1,200 and I'm selling a finished beef for (laughs) $3,500. So I'm making $600, $700, $800 margin and you're making $200 margin. Who's the dumb kid? And I mean, two plus two is not six, you know? So it's one of those things where try it even if you just try a small number like i said 15 head and see how that works for you and then you're like yeah he was dumb it didn't work or it does work and you're like wow there's money to be made here we're leaving money on the table but you won't know unless you try yeah and that's it that that's a good conversation you know that you're you're starting to even introduce into the the public here is you know how do you how do you make that transition (laughs) 
how you make the mental transition, the financial transition, the, you know, the knowledge transition. It is, it's a process such as life. Here we go. You know, and, but what you're doing is you're giving proof of work because everybody, oh, that's just a concept. Oh, that, that sounds good. Well, no, it's, it's actually happening. And, you know, let's do the math. Um, you know, once again, this is not a competition. Let's take a step back. Let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, let's take it from a different view. You know, there's there's always there's always a different angle and there's always something that you can really dissect and you can find, you know, this is a chess game. You know, right now, how we have to live our lives is a chess game. This is, you know, a lot of people feel like it's a pinball machine or if it's an easy game of checkers, it's not. So, it's easy. but what we can do is we can make it into a chess game that we're, we're pretty smart about what we do. We're pretty smart with our communications. We're pretty smart with our truths, you know, and that it's easy to get out, man. It's easy to meet people like you, Jason, and, and kind of engineer what we're going to do this year. I want to come back, you know, after our, after we've had a lot of conversations this year, I want this Christmas to be the best one for a lot of people, you know, based on what we're doing this year. So that's going to be my goals. But I think, uh, I think moving forward, our next uh, podcast will have a lot more information about the conference for one. But let's do this. Let's promise everybody that when we come back, we're going to talk about everything from when you first started getting into it to where we are now and however many podcasts that takes up until the conference. I think that will really be a good story that will be kind of in a library of content that we can keep for a long period of time. Yeah, absolutely. And like next week, I'm going to be coming out on uh, ranching reboot with the red Hills rancher. Okay, good. Uh, I was on his, with him. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to yours. Yep. It oh, just did you came cool. out last week. Yep. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, and so, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like a spider web, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Really We're is. just going round and round and round connecting all of these strings. And every time you can make another connection, it sends a signal out into another direction and you get a ping back. You know what I mean? It's like a homing beacon and it's, we're pinging and pinging and, and the people who are awakening to what we're trying to do. And, and it's just like Bitcoin. I was first introduced uh, three years ago. And mm-hmm. I was like, it sounds crazy. You're out of your mind. But it, it, it lit that fire in me. And I went down that rabbit hole and I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> we are on to something here. Yes. And so I bought some. And then I did this. And I got some more exposure through my IRA. And then I bought some more. And then I did this. And I did that. And I'm seeing what it's doing. And I'm buying the dips. And of course, I'm driving my financial advisor completely crazy, right? Good, good. You know, (laughs) (laughs) make him work for his damn money, right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Challenge. It's the same. It's the same thing with the beef initiative. You know, when people they they dig down and they start listening to what we're talking about and they're looking at what you're talking about and there's so many things like with roundup and gmos and all of these things that have been hidden i mean honestly and ruthlessly hidden from consumers knowing we're going to make people sick We've, we already know what's going to happen. And for us to be like the whistleblower on that, 
and then just beat our drum over and over and over again. It's like, just get away from it. Go back to that pure animal protein, run away from all of the rest of it. Um, and people are like, oh, wow, there's a rabbit hole here that we need to look into. And we're here. I mean, if we have to spoon feed them the information, that's fine. It but is. so oftentimes they hear it and their mind just explodes. And then they're looking up every single place they can try and find more information about it. And the next thing you know, my I'm getting Twitter messages or Telegram or you name it. I mean, it's just things are going crazy. You're like, we need to meet you. When can we come and meet you? We want to see your thing. We need it. We need to get some of your meat. You know what I mean? We've got a freezer on order. We're going to pick it up next week on, you know, and it's just like, okay, they are <laughs> there. They have arrived yes. at what we're trying to do with the beef initiative. I believe we're at a, a good point. It feels good timing. Here we are first of March and everything. It feels right. Um, let's go back to, let's talk to the Bitcoiners and the ranchers right now, just so they know what you and I have been working on as far as the Bitcoin education and how, how I've reached out and we basically created the, you know, little groups of education about Bitcoin and, and where we start with Bitcoin and how, how that, how is that going for you in that little circle that you're in? Well, you know, there's, <laughs> it's like, where do you start? Right. So of, with your connection and the white glove concierge service that's provided through the beef initiative, luckily, you know, Brian with Red Hills Rancher and I were in that conversation with him and he was, he was blown away because we have so much more acceptance and understanding than he realized in dealing with your average Joe blow off the street. Sure. Um, and of course, Brian and I, we're, we're pretty high frequency operators. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice way of putting that. It is. You know, we're on a different frequency than, than many. And so of course we immediately hit it off, but um there is so much opportunity for ranchers if they want to come to the beef initiative, get educated, get the white, the white glove concierge service of how you get set up, what apps you want to use, what your hardware wallet should look like, what the true store of value and potential means of exchange, if that's how you want to use it, can be. And then all of the systems that are already in place to then leverage that value. So let's say you, you have a quarter of a million dollars in self-custody Bitcoin. You can go to a bank and then leverage that at crazy amounts of interest. So you still own it. You're just taking fiat out on it to do whatever you want to do, whether it's expand your ranch, whether you want to improve infrastructure. Maybe you want to take your wife on a fancy 50 year wedding anniversary or whatever. You could you could leverage your Bitcoin, that real store of value. And and people don't know that, don't understand that. But, but we're able to explain it on a level that everyone can understand through the resources we have in the beef initiative. Um, and that's for me. I mean, I, I have, I have consumers that are reaching out to me. Can I get a discount if I buy it in 
Bitcoin, buy beef and Bitcoin. And I, and I tell them up front, I said, my costs are the same whether you're using fiat or Bitcoin. So the reality as of this time, um, I can't offer a discount. Of course, with where Bitcoin is, maybe I should because it's in a pretty good dip and knowing I'm going to make my money back. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, but on the same token, it's like, that's just the reality of the business because I got lease payments to pay and tractor repairs and bailing twine to buy and all that stuff. So as far as the beef initiative and Bitcoin and Bitcoin education, bar none, fantastic. I mean, talking about having one-on-one -on -one conversations with, with a multimillionaire Bitcoiner who knows the systems inside and out, upside and down, personal information with every kind of uh, media of exchange. I mean, it is, it is a huge resource. And so then in what I've done with that, which was just like my beef education, then I have to take that orange pill, which now I've got like a wheelbarrow full of orange pills after having talked to him. And everywhere I go, I'm like, have you ever heard about Bitcoin? What do you think about Bitcoin? Here, let me show you my whatever wallet. You know, I've got four or five, six of them on my phone. You know what I mean? This is what my hardware wallet look like. This is my seed phrase. This is what this means. This is the security levels that are involved. This is all the different companies that accept it. I mean, it's, it is, it is on the edge of a financial revolution. Really it is. If you look at it and you look at how many huge banking institutions have huge teams of people working on launching their own medium of exchange through Bitcoin and the Lightning Network stacked on top of it. I mean, it's a race to the finish because it is here. And we're super early now, right? So it's like, buy, 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 buy the dip, buy the dip, buy, buy, buy. Um, and it's, I mean, you, there's Starbucks now that you can pay with Bitcoin if you want to, you know? And so, yeah. well, and that's, and that's where we are as far as on the development sides, you know, we're in partnership with the OSHI app and you know, that's going to be something that each individual ranchers, you're coming to the beef initiative, you download the software, you're good to go. Uh, Bitcoiners, if you go out there, you download the software and you orange pill a rancher, you get, you get sats back on every cell that rancher will ever make. I mean, it's a no brainer and it's proof of work. It's, it's already spreading around. We're just in incorporating our own version into the beef initiative. And so I'm not going to have to go out there and talk to every individual rancher because we're going to have an onboarding process, an educational process where it free flows. And basically everybody can be self-sufficient and they can come to us and say, Hey, I need some education on this. Sure. Why not? We'll do it just like what we do with Rick ranch farm, you know, uh, ranches. And so once we do that, that will catch some steam that's going to start really kind of coming into itself. And you, you talking about you understanding and, you know, the education and how you can leverage, leverage a new store of value and how you can make different business decisions, how you can approach your year, things are going to start happening here. And they're not basically, I don't think anybody truly understands. I, I always tell somebody you, th you get a rancher that's been doing this for four generations and four decades and he learns a little bit about Bitcoin, the beef industry is going to change overnight and it's coming. 
I'm the first to say it. So here we go. And you're with me, Jason. Yeah, and there's no doubt about that because it's one of those things that once the the light comes on and you're like, oh, damn. Like the reason I drive the kind of tractors that I do is because the support is there, the mechanical support, the technical support, fuel efficiency, you know, ease to work on all of those things. Damn, that's exactly what Bitcoin does for me from a financial standpoint. So why would I not go all in if that's what my store of value, why I choose to do what I do and how I do it is based on reliability. No one else can mess with it. The support, all of those things, it's all right there. It's laid out right in front of you. And, and you're like, wow, this, where has this been all my life? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I tell people, I, I say, you know, your grandpa, he knew about this decentralized store of value, but he didn't have Bitcoin. He knew what it was. He just didn't have access to it. Well, now you might need to learn a little bit more about what your grandpa knew, because now you do have that store of value, decentralized store of value that he always was uh, developing. He developed it into a different world at different times. Let's go back. Let's, let's study that. And then let's, let's educate here from this, this middle ground where we are. And that's exactly what's going on. And th this was this, people are going to remember these, this time, this year, you know, especially in the beef industry, you know, that's what we're going to try to accomplish here. And, you know, what ranchers need to understand and Bitcoin, nobody has, nobody's asking for money here. <laughs> we're, we're not doing anything. This is, this is crowdsourcing. This is uh, everybody just giving, you know, their education, you know, their goodwill, uh, their love, you know, their purity, whatever you want to call it, man. This is, just, this is good faith right now. Whatever happens in the future is going to happen. We got an educated nation on how to freaking feed itself again. Well, and that's just it, you know, with what's happening in the world right now, everyone's worried about seed and everyone's worried about fertilizer and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Well, if you can extract yourself from that extractive kind of agriculture and get back to ways that the bison did it on the plains, um, fertilizer and seed doesn't matter. Diesel fuel doesn't hardly matter. It's one of those things where um, if you go back to letting cows do what cows evolved to do, what God wanted them to do, a lot of those worries and stresses go away because you can let the cows do what they were meant to do. And then through innovation, electric fence and solar fencers and stock water infrastructure, through all of those kinds of improvements and innovations, you can utilize that ground even better. You can stimulate that soil to where it's more productive. You can use that uh, cow urine and manure as fertilizer and, and really watch the soil just completely come back to life. And so when you can see that and then you can realize that you were the human who made that happen through your actions, it is truly a gift from God. I mean, to put that energy through me and then allow me to portray it into the soil, there is very few things in life that give you that sense of accomplishment. You know, I mean, like when my children were born and of course the day I married my wife, just amazing, right? Uh, graduating from Marine Corps boot camp, you know, it's just like, you know, fantastic. But this is something that is like, you literally will pour the rest of your life into 
and you get rewarded for it every single day. The sun sets, the sun rises, a new calf born, all of those things. I mean, it's like, I just wish everybody could get back to the farm like they were a couple of generations ago. You know, we went from, you know, 80, 80 plus percent of Americans lived on a farm to now less than 1% live on a farm. And you can see it in our health. You know, a really, really good friend of mine, I call him my, my uh, adopted cow dad, um, finally went to the doctor at 63 years of age, hadn't been to the doctor in 20 years. And uh, that was because a buddy of his went to the doctor and they said, oh, your um, cholesterol is too high or something. So he went to the doctor, 60, 60, well, I guess he was 67. And um, they're like, your cholesterol is too high. You need to cut out red meat and not eat bacon and eggs for breakfast every morning. And you need to start exercising. And this guy told the doctor, honey, you come and hang out with me for a day and you tell me I need to exercise because I'm pretty sure you won't be able to keep up with me on my regular day. You know, and of course he came back from that. He was just beside himself. He's saying <laughs> bacon eggs. And, and this guy is thin. I mean, he's right. built like a rail, sinewy, strong as an ox, you know what I mean? But just a rail. And I looked at him and I said, well, pops, so what are you going to have for breakfast if you can't have bacon and eggs for breakfast every morning? He says, Trish already told me I'm going to have to have oatmeal every other day instead of bacon and eggs every single day. And I'm like, why? And he says, because that's what the doctor said. And um, but anyways, I mean, he, he flat out told the doctor, she says, you have no idea what my exercise regimen is. Number one, I don't have time to go to the gym. Number two, if you could keep up with me on a day, then I'll go to the gym. Otherwise, I think I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> well, okay. There's two points here that I want to reflect on what you just went through. Okay. I was in the gym the other day and there's a young guy here up here in a panhandle and he's a great, he's 17 years old. And I think I've probably talked about, but uh, he's working for Justin now. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of followed the path of the, the newsletter, the harvest of deception. Anyways, he's working in a processing center. Well, he, he, he's at the gym and I see him come walking over. He's a strong guy, works out. I mean, he's got a great physique. I mean, he's doing everything right. He comes up to me and he's got 75 pound dumbbells in each hand. And he's a little, he's like, holy shit. You know, that it was a feat. And I was kind of looking at him. It's like, okay, he's, he's got something going on here. And he goes, he goes, holy shit. He goes, I always heard about farm tough. He goes, I never knew what it meant. And he was, he was talking about Justin. He goes, Justin will carry two big old 75 pound buckets to feed the hogs and he'll do it like it's nothing. And I tried to do it the other day. And of course it was difficult. And he's in the gym every day, of course, you know, and he, he didn't really truly know what farm tough is. And it is, it's something that you don't know until you see it and then you experience it or you are asked to repeat it. So, <laughs> you think you're tough come out to the let's do that let's do some farm tough in colorado that'll be fun won't it let's do it well, let's just you know there was there was guys that were like hey we'll come help you buck bales yeah um and i'm like sure okay they would make it to about noon 
You know what I mean? They had done everything. They'd given me everything they had to noon. And they're like, well, we can come back tomorrow and finish. I'm like, no, we'll have lunch. You can go home and I'll finish the other 700 bales by myself. <laughs> I'm scared now because you're going to kick my ass because I'm, <laughs> I'm not in that good, but I'll be all right. I'll do good. But yeah, this is, this is going to be fun. This is going to be something about the, we're going to start bringing this up because everybody thinks, you know, let's, let's, let's strive for farm tough all across the board, mentally, emotionally, physically. How do you get farm tough? Well, you, you, you know, you get back to pure nutrition and, you know, on that second note, as far as, you know, the doctor telling, um, you know, your friend and all this stuff. Well, let's, let's turn him over to Dr. Phil Ovedia. I just had a, um, you know, podcast with him, heart surgeon, 20 years, changing his own practice, bringing the truth of cholesterol to the, to the conversation. Yeah. We're, we're bringing a lot of stuff within the beef initiative. Actually, I'm doing a podcast with him tomorrow night on his, uh, podcast. So let's list it. I mean, that's the type of education and networking we really need to start doing because it's a lie to start feeding, you know, even the older somebody, you, it, it's a lie and nobody knows how to take it. They don't understand that. Hey, maybe this is not the best thing. Maybe cholesterol is not what kills me. Maybe it is basically, you know, the resistance to insulin that actually makes people have heart attacks. You know, there's so much that doctors are able to start saying right now that are truths. So well, you know, that's our responsibility. And along those same lines in our household, over the last five years, we've been consistently working away from processed foods. And um, so we, we do like a full blood panel, um, like every other year, every third year. And so my wife, when she did hers, it's been five years ago, six years ago now, her cholesterol was not good, right? Well, that, that was really kind of the trigger for us to get away from processed foods and more into pure animal protein. So locally sourced eggs, beef, of course, pork, um, chicken. And so then two years later, she went from it not being good to be well within the healthy standards. And we haven't done it again since then because the insurance through her employer has changed to where you actually have to pay for it. But it would be interesting to see what that looks like now, three years later. But I mean, and you can almost directly contribute that to getting away from the grains, which what they're saying, you're supposed to eat whole grains and all that stuff to help with your cholesterol, right? Well, we did the opposite of that and it got better. And so it's one of those things where, um, like you said, it's a lie. I yeah. mean, this, the, the conventional schools of thought are, are broken. And, and then when you start to look at observational science of people over and over and over again, choose to go a different route. Like all the Bitcoiners I've met are like, they're like gym rats. Like they're all great shape. You know what I mean? They mm -hmm. have this like demeanor about them. This, I call it the farm boy personality, right? Honest truthful, not totally outspoken, but also they're comfortable in their own skin. This conversation that you can have, um, which everybody out here does, because if you don't, you don't go anywhere. You don't do anything. If you can't go up and shake your girlfriend's dad's hand, introduce yourself, 
yes, sir, my name's, you know, and I'd love to, I'm asking you permission to take your daughter out to dinner. If you can't do that, you aren't going, bud. You no. know, better than <laughs> <You're that>. no. <laughs> I mean? no. those, those things where and and then so and you can see that intentionality in their eyes and their demeanor. It's the it's the same thing with those of us who like are passionate about ag and what we do, you can just see it. It just, it, they exude it. Um, and that is such a, um, like a relief to me that there are people away from this community, away from this, away from this rural, you know, like pillar salt of the earth kind of folks out in the city that still are carrying on that kind of intentionality with their living and thinking outside the box and and challenging and questioning the narrative and then using their own observational science to map the trajectory of their life and and that's what's so exciting for me is without the beef initiative i never would have met those people that's awesome you know and and so and as we continue to grow this I want to continue to feed those people so they can get stronger and they can have what it takes to communicate that with the next person, whether it's the person next to them at the gym, whether it's their wife or their husband or their son, daughter, mother, father, whatever, you know, because that's, it started with our family. Like we raised a beef for us to butcher for ourselves. And we shared some with some friends and some family and they're like, we want more. And we're like, Oh, well, we never even considered that, you know, and then it's kind of built to where it is now. Um, and, and those connections that are based on food are so strong. I mean, it goes back to like the real, um, definition of community. Like who's your farmer, who's your butcher, who's your shoemaker, who is your blacksmith, who is, you know, all of those things, it gets back to really the source of the seed. I mean, because mm-hmm. that's where it all starts with. And that's the exciting thing for me is like, we're having a new food revolution and, and we're building stronger, healthier people doing it. And it is. And even if it's just one person at a time, that's fine because it's just going to take off. You know, this type of innovation, this type of disruption, it is disruption. You know, we are disrupting what the status quo right now, which is fine. This is, you know, a free market enterprise. We still live in where we live in the United States and we're going to make our own freedom if they don't allow it, I guess, as far as just our actions, our intentional consumption. Let's just put it that way. I choose to consume a different way than you're trying to force down my throat. And if you can take that simple step of that understanding, well, where do I start? Well, source of the seed, where is your seed coming from? What, what is, what is being created with that seed? Where does that energy go? Am I part of that energy consumption in a way that really gives back to be able to make it happen again? if you kind of change the the conversation in in a way that people can understand a narrative differently, I think that's where, you know, you make it poetic in a way and you make it to where it's saying, Hey, this is, this is a lifestyle thing. This is something that I'm doing different things just because I'm thinking about, you know, beef or, you know, animal protein. Once you have that mindset, everything starts changing and it, it, it doesn't, I always say it's not complicated, man. It is so not complicated. 
and what it is, I, I tell people there's a new international lifestyle and it's starting right here. It's starting right where you are because you're going to meet people and you're going to go places now that's not conventional. You're going to go to Crawford, Colorado, the third weekend of July, and you're going to come out here and you're going to learn things that there's people out there offering it. Sure. It's, it's available across the United States. I don't think it's going it, to like it is like we're, what we're bringing. Nobody's tying Bitcoin to this, the decentralization talk of all of this, the store of value, uh, how this can be all encompassing into one, you know, movement that actually helps the other movements, the consumption models that you don't want to raise your kids on the consumption models that can allow you to get out of that food ditch. There's just so much priceless um, information and education that's coming to the forefront. Um, so I, I thank you, Jason. We're running into a pretty good one here. Um, let's, let's guarantee that we'll be back. Um, let's say, let's say in about three weeks, we do this every three weeks up all the way up into the, the conference. And uh, we'll come back starting from your day one and kind of start educating people. This is a good kind of introduction saying, hey, this is how the, we're going to outline the year. Is there, is there anything else that you wanted to cover today? Well, I mean, I would, I want to make sure that we just hammered that website, the beef initiative. And that's one of those things where mine, your protein shout out to your producer. That's a big deal. It is, you know, and that's someone will post on social media. Hey, we're looking for beef. And I, I there will be 30 comments from all of my friends directing them to me, but we right. need to do that on a, on a non-censored platform and that's the beef initiative because all of the rest of these social media platforms, they pick and choose who they let in and who they don't and what narrative they push. So let's, let's try and get away from some, some of that and let's hammer it. You know, everyone needs to get on there and they need to do a shout out to their rancher. Um, even if they're not on the beef initiative and then they need to get your, their producer signed up and get them on the beef initiative because it's one of those things where these networks, it, it may seem like, oh, it's just a lot of work and it's not going to do anything for me. But what I'm telling you from my personal experience is every single connection leads to a sale eventually. So if you put in the time up front, just know it's going to pay for you somewhere down the road. And if you're passionate about what you do, it's a no brainer to support what it is that we're trying to do. I mean, that's it. You, you don't have to go look at the corporate model anymore. You can come into people that are doing it and living it right now. And, you know, having that type of uh, input from everybody, it's going to be pretty empowering. And um, we'll just keep on growing it and building it and utilizing it and, you know, making it an input output that creates its own algorithm within itself. You know, the, the food intelligence algorithm that I started this with, it's growing and growing, you know, and so will the beef initiative. And, we'll, and it, it'll be a good place where people can come. It's not censored, like you said. I mean, every, you know, if it's if it's something about, you know, what we're talking about as far as the vertical integration of the the soil into the grass into the cow into the producer into the processor supplier market access into human health into a new health initiative if it has anything to do with that you come to the beef initiative and let's start the conversation ask questions or lend your wisdom and intelligence and let's get people 
pointed in a different direction right now. Let's become the distraction. Jason, thank you. How can people find you? Well, we have a Rick Ranches Instagram and Facebook and Jason Rick Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, I am Beef Bees Bitcoin, Jason Rick. Um, yeah, I mean, we even started a TikTok page now. My daughter says I got to be on TikTok. <laughs> Well, you're going to let her kind of educate the, the little ones then you, you kind of direct that. And that, that's the only that's the only way we'll allow that. Right. <laughs> that, that's right. <laughs> well, and then, of course, we have a, um, a Google business website. I've been getting a lot of traffic on it, surprisingly. But you can pretty much type in W-R-I-C-H ranches into whatever search bar you want and you'll get all kinds of stuff on. That's us. awesome. We're just out there. Well, yeah. And, you know, you're listening to this podcast. I mean, we, we're all linked together. Uh, people that haven't heard the podcast before, come see us. Uh, this is Texas Slim's Vision. Uh, you can find me at Modern T Man on Twitter and at Beef Initiative. Everybody, let's get the conversation going. Let's go have a good spring so we can uh, bring some uh, some questions, some wisdom into uh, July into a little place called Crawford, Colorado. Thank you, Jason. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us. We hope you learned a little bit today. Appreciate it, all of you. Here at the Beef Initiative, we encourage all you ranchers out there to tell us who and where you are so we can let everybody know they're looking for you. This time I'm shouting out KNC Cattle out of Austin, Texas. KNCCattle.com. Cole, he's a fourth generational Texas rancher. He knows what he's doing.